0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Flying High with Flutter. I'm your host, Alan Wyma. Today I have Saad and Beardrew. I hope I said that last one yeah. correct. Uh, they are the authors of uh, Box Transform, and they're also working together at Coldacy. If you guys maybe remember, we had uh, Ray on from Coldacy a long, long time ago. Um, anyways, welcome, guys. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I don't even know, where where the heck do we start? I mean, uh, we were talking quite a bit before the show about, you know, why this package, right? And uh, you mentioned that part of this is from Codelessly. So why don't we kind of touch base on what is Codelessly and what's going on with it? And then that could probably lead us into the package itself, the origins of it. So Codelessly
1: is um, our cloud UI, uh, app to cloud UI or cloud UI to app product. So it's like this editor that, converts your designs into full uh, apps and it's a full-blown editor right so it has a lot of internal mechanics it has a lot of internal machinery that makes it work a lot of those mechanics are very simply resizable boxes you have a box that needs to be resized horizontally vertically you hold down the shift key it scales instead it has your average resizable boxes as one of its main features. It also has uh, other parts that utilize resizable boxes such as crop overlays and image alignment overlays and I think there's one more I'm forgetting. But codelessly because it's a it's an editor a full blown editor kind of like Photoshop more more like Figma, I should say more like Figma. Uh, and it's and it's and it's like a usability and it's like a physical usability, not its mechanics. Uh, there's a lot of resizing that goes on. You need to resize an element. You need to resize an image. You need to spe- specify uh, the width of a specific text uh, node. A lot of resizing ha- resizing happens. So the resize mechanics, they need to be pretty pretty good. <laughs> they need to be pre- really really solid. And because Codelessly has an inter- a whole layout engine it has it, and it has like all these overlays and res- and resizable boxes, we found ourselves needing to re-implement the same resizable boxing mechanisms, the same resizability mechanics, the same shift scaling thing, the, sh- the same symmetric scaling uh, thing, same dragging thing. We had to pretty much do that write that code like over three times if not more so Virgil and I since we kind of share the same work we kind of uh hop between each other's work so we found ourselves kind of frustrated that this works one way that works uh, the other way oh but this needs a special edge case that one needs another edge case this one works this one doesn't so we were like hey resizing is more complicated than we thought it was, and we'll talk about that more later. But resizing a, a simple box—it could be the—it sounds like the simplest thing ever, but it can be quickly, if you really like, try to hone in on it, it can quickly turn into um, a shockingly complex mechanism. So we sought out to make this package, uh, and we we made it open source because we found it that. The mechanics we implemented were so complicated to the point where we realized not a single package <laughs> for flutter not a single package in general so not just flutter every editor we open not just codelessly every editor including figma including uh photoshop all adobe products and a few others like some obscure ones we know we found none of them have every single feature that box transform implements and we'll get to that later but we realized that and we were like oh my god we have to share this with the world this is this is pretty much the best for for as crazy as, as it sounds the best resizable box in the world <laughs> such a simple thing so that's how that
2: came to be yeah Initially, we, we were like uh, somewhat impressed by what Figma was doing. So Figma supported these different uh, resize modes where you can press save for alt or both together to like uh, get in, into a different kind of resizing. And we kind of wanted uh, very similar features for us in, 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 in different different scenarios. But it was kind of kind of hard to do that because we were also restricted by constraints and clamping, which Figma doesn't normally do. Yeah, so uh, we implemented all those things together, and uh, we extracted away everything into an algorithm uh, that, that that can live in a pure Dart package. And then our Flutter package just leverages that uh, algorithm to do everything uh, with, with Flutter.
0: I find it interesting that, you know, before the show, you said that this package is very, you know, not very much to talk about, but you have an algorithm behind it, you have so many features that other ones don't have. Please don't play down your package. I mean, this is your package, right? You are saying your work is not not valuable, not good enough to talk about. I mean, it sounds very interesting.
1: Oh my god, where do we start? So Virgil and I innocently like started writing it from scratch, thinking nothing of it, uh, because we weren't copying over code. There, were, there, because every implementation we wrote was different and unique. So we were like, okay, let's try to make this from scratch. Uh, and we started off. We we started off. We did. It was was working fine. Something very basic. Little did we know. (laughs) There were just little things, little mechanics that bothered us. Tiny, tiny things. Like, okay, we have this recyclable box. Oh, but it needs to be clampable. So you need to have a, a a bigger box around it that limits it physically. And we, okay, that's fine. We implemented that. But now there's, oh, wait, what if I only want constraints? So only limit minimum sizing uh, and maximum sizing instead of just a clamping rect. So we added that. And those produced undesirable behaviors like, oh, when you reach a minimum size, we have a whole flipping mechanic, right? So when you go, you know, when you're, if your box is like this and your cursor is from the right edge and you take it to the left edge and you go beyond, the image itself flips, right? It's like how most editors or image editors work. So we're like, okay, we need flipping mechanics too. And wait, when you hit the minimum size of a box and you try to flip it, it needs to stop at its minimum size and then snap to the other side. That was a whole rewrite. <laughs> then we were like, okay, when you scale resize, when you when you want to resize a box uh, and keep its proportions perfect. So you hold down the shift key and you hit... The most bizarre things: you hit the the edge of your clamping rect. It needs to stop there on one side, and the entire operation needs to stop. Like if it hits a wall, it needs to stop. Every there there were like six edge cases with just that. We had to rewrite scaling, like six maybe five times. Then we out, wound up over-engineering the whole thing. Because things got carried away, and we end up we we wound up needing to raytrace, or or some version of ray trace. I'm being dramatic about it, but like basically like line intersection math. So it kind of just grew and grew and grew and got more complicated and more complicated. Eventually, we had to add a whole every every scale mode or resize mode needed its own file because every algorithm was so complicated because the, some, some very subtle features just weren't good enough for us. Like, and there were some issues, like the, a simple issue would require a massive rewrite. For example, another uh, one big one was our first version. We had a simple box and when it hit, when you try to resize it and it hits an edge, it, the resizing continues from the other side. We called it resize overflow. So basically, it hits an edge, or like a, you're clamping rect's edge, so your box kind of hits a wall from the right side, and the left side goes while your cursor keeps moving. So that was called resize overflow. And for version one, we were like, oh, it's a feature. But then we were like, no, this is not desirable. That took, a, that took us down a massive rabbit hole. Um, Apparently, no editor we know actually implements clamping rects and constraints and all the fancy stuff we support. That simple feature alone is simply not there. So our problems were kind of unique. We couldn't take inspiration from (laughs) from other editors because this was such a unique issue. And it was shocking to us because it's a simple resizable box. We weren't expecting too much from it. And that just kept spiraling and we kept going further and further and deeper and deeper and just got more complicated and more complicated eventually we reached a point where we're actually very happy with how the mechanics are and it required actual months of free rights. is that right berju yeah i
2: think uh, it it took like maybe two or three months because we rewrote the whole thing three times Do do you mind to kind of
0: go over what is clamping? Because I always hear that term and you guys keep mentioning it, but I don't think I'm the only one who's never heard of clamping, right? I've seen the word clamping used in multiple contexts,
2: but when you're saying clamping, what exactly do you mean? Sure. So uh, when you resize a box, you you might not want your box to resize, let's say, outside of, of your viewport. So wh- what you do is you create an invisible box that is maybe same size of your screen or your playground which uh, limits the box resizing to not go outside it. So you, you, you may have seen this if you if you have ever implemented a simple resizing of a very simple version of resizing where you just drag your cursor, you, you take that uh, delta or, or you know, difference in, in, in the cursor position and you add it to the position or size of the box. Uh, in that case if you keep dragging your cursor let's say into your next screen or outside the screen your your box continues to grow because it doesn't know where to stop so in the in those kind of situations uh, you can just create an invisible clamping right you can say the the resizing algorithm that do uh, like resize the box but don't go outside these these bounds so resizing algorithm you know checks for that if, if your cursor is outside that, it stops the box from growing or shrinking. Uh, and, and whenever your cursor comes back into that viewport, it, it again allows to resize the box. So that's what we we, we call a clamping correct. Okay.
0: Yeah, I I think I've, we have nothing like that in Flutter already because it seems, I mean, it kind of sounds like a constraint box to a certain extent, but then I think is different, right? That's stopping something from ever... That does, when I start to explain it, it does sound similar, right? What, what would be the difference between a constraint box and a clamp? Sorry if that sounds maybe <laughs> too simple. Uh, maybe you can help me to understand.
2: Yeah, so uh, when you say constraints, you, you define how large or small your box can be. So, for example, the min width, you set it to, say, 100 and max width is 500. So that's the range your box can grow or shrink to. Uh, in contrast, clamping is not something that limits how big or small your box can be. It just limits uh, to to the point where your box can't grow outside. So, for example, if your if your box is in the top left corner of your playground or your screen, and you start uh, dragging the bottom uh, right corner of the box, you can grow the box until you hit certain boundaries right so in that case that can be your display that can be an invisible box that you have defined but that doesn't mean that your your box is restricted to specific constraints now constraints and clamping you can use them uh, together as well so it can check whether your constraints are more restrictive than your clamping right and based on that it will make a decision and stop uh, resizing the box but uh, Fundamentally, they are different things. Uh, as I said, the constraints gonna limit your width and height, whereas the clamping rect decides the position of the box and the area for, 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 from uh, the area uh, outside which the box can't go. So it's more about positioning rather than just just sizes.
1: You can think of it like a crop overlay. So if your crop overlay cannot go outside its image, right? When you want to crop an image, you have the little, little grid, right, to crop it. That grid cannot escape the image's boundaries. Those boundaries are the clamping rect,
0: for example. Gotcha. But we have nothing like this already in Flutter to help with this problem? There, there are some basic,
1: very basic m- packages that can do this. So if, I think I remember the cro- there's a crop package that shows a crop overlay. That has a very like rud- rudimentary clamping rect. However... Uh, see, the th- that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. Clamping rects are simple. You just stop the resize operation when it hits an edge, right? It's so simple. But we have scaling, re- 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 freeform, freeform resizing, scaling, symmetric scaling, uh, and they come. Those mechanics all compound together and create something significantly more complex than we expected. Scaling alone is like the the hardest of all of these mechanics, because if, if you get to the technicalities, it's actually shockingly comp- complex um, because you have to keep the aspect ratio perfect and you have to keep the cursor, uh, you have to keep the box following the, the cursor at all times. So it, it was significantly hard, harder than we expected. And no package has all of these together. No, nothing, absolutely nothing. Nothing has all of these features all together all at once. Uh, we took a lot of inspiration from Figma. Like the resize modes come from Figma. Like you hold on shift for for scaling. You hold on alt for symmetry. symmetry. You hold on both for symmetric scaling. But even Figma doesn't have clamping and it doesn't have constraints. And codelessly, since we have an entire constraint engine, we have an entire layout system we have to limit resizing if you resize a, a button it cannot go grow outside of uh, for example the the screen that you're gonna have it in or the box that it's in if a, if uh a, what's, what's a good example if you have two boxes inside of each other the big parent cannot shrink smaller than the than its child right it cannot it can't be smaller than what it's containing those are pretty much our inspiration for wanting, for even wanting clamping and, and, and constraining. At some point we started to question ourselves what if if no editor we know has clamping and constraining mechanics at the same time with scaling and symmetric resize and all these resize modes, is it even wanted? Isn't even a desired thing? And codelessly was our was our motivation for that. But every editor we looked at, they're all for meant for designers. They're all meant for 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 freeform, uh, you know, put this image here, put that there, etc. Resize this, shrink that. They're very simple freeform uh, mechanisms. Uh, there's no clamping and constraining required. There's no layout required. There's no there's no rows and columns and grids and all that stuff. So no editor we know cared to implement clamping and constraining. So it was a problem problem that was unique to us. And that's what compounded all these uh, mechanics together. It's what made things very,
0: very complicated. I mean, you said you, you wrote this something like six times, right? you seen the whole thing or just this, the clamping section, if I remember correctly?
2: Three times the whole uh, resizing portion of, 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 the, of the package. It, it can also do uh, dragging. But dragging is pretty much straightforward with clamping and everything. It doesn't involve constraints. Uh, as much so there is no like much much conflict so that that would uh, that was straightforward and i think we wrote it correctly uh, uh, in the first run but we had to like keep refactoring resizing because we we, we kept finding these new use cases and features we wanted and we, we, we kept refining it and some things might not just work because of how we wrote them and uh, so we, we had to like scrape some parts and write uh, write some things uh, completely from scratch and we ended up doing it three times.
1: Uh, the other three, the other three times are from the flutter side. So we had to refactor how the, uh, transformable box widget, um, is implemented. So it now supports controllers. It has a more refined API. It's more in line with what flutter with Flutter's standards. We have, we had to pretty much redo that like three times at least if not more, I'm not entirely sure.
0: Oh, I d I didn't even know how, how do you even I don't I don't even know where to even start. Like how, how is the feeling to have to say, Oh god, I have to redo this again? All right. I mean is it is it like you start with a brand new code base or you're just saying like all right, let's just tweak, tweak, tweak until we get to a
2: new get to what we need? Yeah, so there are certain things involved and there are certain certain steps that you would perform so like you 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 apply the, the new delta that that you get from the cursor event and then you you know do resize you check for constraints you check for clamping so there, there are these steps which you can't avoid and when you are facing an issue that issue could come from either of the, these steps and uh, because of the you know involved complexity of all of the these steps uh, it, it pretty much gets harder for us to debug very very you know important issues so in, in, in cases where we can't just fix a single issue by changing, say, a few lines of code or changing how the, the this, this process works, what we ended up doing is just commenting out everything, like the whole resizing function, and start writing it, it, it from scratch. Or if we have uh, have a uh, have an hint, which part is affecting, for example, if, 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 if we know that the issue comes from constraint, that then, then we can just rewrite that part. And that's how we proceeded, uh, proceeded with, with, with issues. And that, that's how we ended up, you know, commenting a lot of code and rewriting and then refactoring and same cycle uh, keeps going.
0: Now, when you're rewriting something, do you have like a set of tests that you're writing against or is it just, you're just kind of writing it blindly and, and, and kind of testing manually as you're going along?
2: Uh, do you want to take this one, Sad?
0: Is, is it like some of these questions are really difficult and you guys keep passing No, they're and... just kind of funny to answer because <laughs> <laughs> again
1: we're talking about a simple resizable box it's supposed to be simple and we keep bringing it up like in our meetings together we would keep making like jokes like this is supposed to be a simple resizable box why is it so complicated for tests no we didn't have tests because we were still trying to fix the mechanisms we were never really pleased with some with the mechanisms until the very end so tests if we had written them from the start they would have kept breaking because we discovered the little nuances that were that were desired during the development process not at the start so if you notice for the 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 simplest thing for example uh in figma if you re- scale resize the edge of the of the box that you're resizing will always match the cursor no matter what it will always be pixel at, the pixels will always hit the cursor that simple mechanic alone took us some time to um, to figure out that we wanted that <laughs> and we needed that specific we can't have this package without that so that was an iterative step other features were re- resize overflow we published the initial we published the package uh, initially with that as a full-blown feature like hey we have something called resize overflow but, oh, and to remind you it's when you hit an edge while resizing like the clamping rect's edge and it you try to keep going, but the other side grows instead. Uh, And we were like, yeah, this is amazing. So we published that as a package. And later on, we were like, no, I I tried to implement a crop overlay and this feels wrong. It just sort of feels wrong. When I hit the edge, it should simply stop. So we kept iterating and now our desired output changed. So if we had written tests, they would have broke at least four times. Or three times. Um, so the development process pretty much involved me and Berju in like three hour meetings, maybe four hour meetings, pretty much like co programming together um, and debug a lot of debugging, a lot of debugging, a lot of annoying math to deal with. Uh, so a shocking amount of line intersection math. And a lot of it, yeah, it was just that. We just kept commenting, kept commenting out large blocks of code and and writing new functions for them and going back and forth and back and forth, even like stepping into some editors and analyzing their behavior and mechanics for some features. Uh, Up until the very end or up until like two months ago, we were finally happy with all of the mechanics. We were finally like, yes, this is exactly what we would expect. This is perfect. And we wrote tests and then actually an interesting way that Allah burger talk about.
2: So writing tests for all of this was so much tedious because even with a single handle, there could be a lot of different scenarios. First of all, we had four different types of resizing modes. You can just do freeform, you can do scaling, you can do symmetric resizing, and there is there is also symmetric scaled resizing. So there was four resize modes, then then comes constraints, clamping, and there are a lot of things. And this this was just about one handle. We support eight handles: four corner handles and four side handles. So you can imagine how how much amount of uh, test we have to write. And another problem uh, with writing tests manually for this is the numbers. So like you have to uh, statically or yeah statically define the positions of the box and sizes of the box and what you would expect when certain deltas are applied for the resizing and dragging. And that's really hard. Like. I I, I wouldn't say hard, but tedious to calculate for so many use cases. So what we ended up doing is implementing a UI test recorder inside the uh, playground uh, of the uh, example effect that that we built. And we kind of used that to like auto-generate all the test cases that we have right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't really work too much with creating these kinds of new packages. And I understand that writing stuff for the UI can be quite complicated when I say stuff I mean that the test itself but like generally when I'm programming it's hard for me to not write a test first because number one that's the way I train myself <laughs> number two like I want to make sure that what I'm doing is correct and working with other developers uh I see a lot of people manually testing stuff they have to reset up the, the manual test try it see it doesn't work make a change it think will work and then reset up the test and repeat Many times, which takes a long time to do, rather than just running a single test manually or sorry, uh, automated style. Right? That's why it's like, I, I it, it's curious to hear, like, how, how you guys work. Right? To me again, that would be the way. But I, I guess I can see. Um, how difficult it would be to keep that in sync and also it's like, well actually no my my previous test is not testing things correctly or it doesn't work because i'm rewriting this from scratch and you have to turn off these tests and maybe or maybe that test is no longer valid because actually that is going against the new style that
2: i'm writing for right exactly yeah so like uh the the, the test that we have right now is mostly for the uh your dart package where the uh, algorithm and all the processes leave because that's the of all the package and if we were writing test cases initially what we would end up is a different api every time we refactor stuff so even if the test test cases and the data inside those tests work we end up refactoring those because say we we renamed the method we changed the number of parameters you need and stuff like that so it 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 would kind of get 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 tedious to do that every single time and when we didn't have you know that much time on our hand to like write tests first and then develop develop the feature because only developing the feature took us like more than two months so that's why we like we 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 tried to avoid writing tests initially because we knew we could just visually confirm uh, uh, what's working and what's not and we, we kept adding new new features and everything so that 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 made those tests you know kind of unnecessary initially
0: what about regressions, though? Right, because as you're adding new features, you can easily break an old feature that was working properly.
1: And that kept happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, right? Because you know, as you said, this is supposed to be a simple box, but as as you find out, sometimes things are not so simple, even though they look simple, right? For
1: tests, it, especially, like what I what what for our team. We, we have, each of us has a unique way of pretty much solving problems. For Bergio and I, we found that the tests were the wrong way to go about the development process. It has to come at the end rather than the start because because we kept iterating over everything and because we kept changing uh, uh, the API, that wasn't the, the only thing that, that that was the issue though. Even when we finished everything, Except for that, we were like, okay, how are we going to write tests for this? Because again, there are so many variables. Every handle needs its own suite of tests. Every single handle has eight or sorry, four different resize modes. Each resize mode needs to be checked against each corner of a clamping rect and against constraints and both at the same time and if you if you sum if you sum up all of those tests together you get a colossal number of tests even if you wanted to write tests first it would simply be unrealistic and impractical it would be impossible even so generating the test we actually generated let me check we generated or he berju wrote or generated 200 tests to get complete coverage or is it complete coverage berju
2: uh, for the dart package and resizing, yes, we we don't have test test for dragging since it is so simple. We we never bought them yet, but yeah, for resizing, it it co- covers everything,
1: every single thing, every compounded uh, test. So, every combination of, of of elements, every handle, every corner, every clamping rack rect- edge, every constraint with min with min min height, <laughs> max with max height. Those are four alone, by the way. <laughs> and they're all under combinations together. It compounds very, very fast.
0: Oh yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I just remember hearing that you had all these edge cases that you needed to support. And I thought adding each of those edge cases would alone just be a, uh, at least one test, right? That would be definitely one way to do it. You're like, okay, I need this one, I need this one. Those would be the, the, the tests that I, rather than saying, okay, I have to test every single line, right? I mean, and also when you generate the test, right? Um, how do you know that generate that these generate tests are actually. Mm, I don't know how you say it like exhaustive enough that you have confidence, right? Does it does that make sense because like, you're generating tests, right? So I don't know. I'm still skeptical about generated stuff because sometimes it works. Usually Uh I'm not trying to say you don't know how to generate code, but you know, I know my coding and I don't trust it <laughs> usually. That's why I like to have some tests to make sure. Okay, these things I know that I need to work okay do they actually work yeah or no you know sometimes you get surprised things right and then sometimes i get user input that i didn't expect so then i take that unexpected input and i use that as my test case to say okay this fails okay let's make it pass and make sure we have no regressions
2: yeah so uh when you when you do code generation on test you are right that things might not be perfect or uh, the way you you want that's why we avoided completely generating everything automatically what we basically do is integrated we, we we basically wrote some tools that can record our actions when we perform resizing on the ui so for example we had our uh, we had our playground where you could like control the box sizes and all, all the all the flags and everything and you could play with the box with clamping racks and everything so we we made it so we integrated our Recorder inside that UI, and you can press a you know start button, and it would start recording your actions. So while you resize the box, you have a visual cue that whatever action you are performing is yielding right results. For example, if you hit and uh, hit a clamping edge, your resizing stops there, right? You can visually confirm that your your cursor keeps moving, but the box doesn't resize anymore. So that that what the test should do as well. So that's how we made sure that all the tests that we generate would also you know uh, have high quality and you know adhere to all the rules rule set that we define not just like giving it some parameter and letting it generate everything by default
0: okay but maybe we should talk about some more features of the of the box we've spent a lot of time talking about testing which i think is important we talked just about clamping alone for a long time uh i mean looking at at the page on pub.dev um you talk about dimension constraining which i suppose i know that that's different than the than the clamping right i mean you have different features on here maybe we can kind of go over what else you think are the big features that people should uh consider about when looking at uh box transform right so besides clamping uh i and, and all around there what else should i be looking at when when evaluating this package
1: flipping is a big one
0: T- but when you said flipping, right, you're talking about when you take the box and when you drag it and you go to the other side, it'll actually reverse it. Is that what you mean, flipping?
2: Yeah. So these features, they, are, they, they could be so subtle that you might not notice them when you use them in other editors. For example, Figma sigma also supports flipping and all four kind of resizing but you you may never think about it because it feels so natural to use but when you pay attention att- attention to all these little details you can you can clearly see that how many different kind of uh, ways are there that you, you could resize a box or you, or you could think about a 2d box which was supposed to be you know so so simple
0: it's hard for me to understand about the flipping part you're saying like left would be right right would be left up would be down down would be up this kind of flipping it's hard for me to
2: imagine why i would want something like that this package can be used for cropping and uh, resizing content and ui and stuff and can also be used for you know sim- uh, de- developing a simple uh boxes or drawing or or maybe paint so in in these kind of use cases, you always see that when you when you want to create a rect, what you would do is you select your rectangle tool or something, and you just drag on your canvas. Now that drag can also flip as well. Most of the editors, al- almost every good editor supports flipping, but it's it's so uh, you know natural that you might not notice it. But if you just write a very basic uh, resizing and basic uh, box creation, it's not going to support flipping. That's why we had to like actively think about it and see how it, it could play with other parts of, of the package. Because when you flip, all the handles are different now. Like basically they are, they are opposite, right? So we have to flip sign, we have to flip the math, we have to change handles and everything. And we also have to, you know, calculate new clamping boxes. And also it also changes the ray, ray tracing that that we talked about a bit. So that's why flipping was so much involved rather than, you know, just being very easy. Because as a user, if you just integrate box transform in your package and you try to resize a box, you you would feel that it, it is very natural to resize in any any direction. You could like just press uh, shift key and it, it, it's going to persist your aspect ratio and stuff. But these things have like uh, specific uh, logic written behind it so that you could do it. So from a user's perspective, this might not seem like a big deal, but as a developer, uh, so much goes into, you know, making that box flip.
1: And again, they get compounded, the features compound, so minimum constraints, your cursor stops at a minimum constraint, but you can still flip it if you exceed the, the its limit okay I... that's that's still a feature that that's not something figma supports that's not, not something any editor supports and yet it feels perfectly natural in our package i, I expect it's going to be one of those packages that's going to be very underappreciated when you use it <laughs> because the features are just so natural to use you don't expect them to be complicated that's how you know it's doing a really good job
2: in most cases uh, any crop ui would would have flipping any good crop UI. So if you take an example of Lightroom or Photoshop, if you create an area with, with your tool, you should be able to like flip it because that 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 that's very natural, right? That's what the, the users are used to.
1: And by the way, there's two there's two we, we, flipping can mean two things and we support those two things. Um flipping when we say flipping, we mean we can either mean oh when you when you reach the zero width or zero height of a box, it just goes to the other side but the content stays perfectly the same it's just that your box can just can just um, resize against the opposite corner as an anchor point so the box just flips around but the content stays the other definition of flipping is the content itself flips so the content for example uh, mirrors horizontally or mirrors vertically so those two things we support those two use cases and The latter is the one all designed, actually both of them all design tool support. So for Figma, if you wanna mirror an icon, you wanna mirror an image, you would actually take the left edge, or sorry, the right side of a box and flip it around physically. You flip the box around with your cursor. For cropping or resizing, you can also flip the box. And it'll for example, the crop UI, it'll stay the same. So you can flip it and it'll stay the same. No no flipping, no content gets mirrored. Um, so those two things, they are, again, Berger said it, It's so it feels so natural to us. We don't even think about it. We just expect it to happen. And they are generally simple if you don't have constraints. compounding yeah. features like constraints and clamping rect. Right?
0: Yeah, I, I, I can already imagine now that I'm thinking about it so many times when you're creating a design, you may want to have a symmet- symmetry, right? So you want to have your design, then you want to be able to flip it. So you could basically use your package as part of the piece of, say, duplicating that thing and then flipping it to the other side, right? That could actually be done using this package.
1: Yeah, flipping is such an under or sorry, underappreciated feature. <laughs> Uh, you won't notice it's gone until you want it. Until you want it. Mainly designers will care about that feature specifically. It's mainly designers, um, but it's pretty much a core feature. And again, it's flipping alone. You need to. Exp- it's, it's again. It's so simple, and yet you, when it, when it comes to clamping rects and constraints. They genuinely compound to such a point where the math gets so exponentially complicated that yeah, it took us months to to refine well. Every single function we have, every single math function we have, passes a flip parameter to make sure that we're handling the flip mechanism. Same with constraints and clamping racks. They all get passed to every single or most functions so that we ensure that we handle those cases compounded together. We, if you resize in our deep in our debugging session and our coding sessions, we had to we reached a point where we had to render two overlays to show some hidden uh, boxes being that are being calculated internally. So we have something called an available area. We have something called uh, uh, a what, what was I forgot what they were called. But there were like three boxes or two boxes. Other than the line, other than the line intersection math that we had rendering all the lines and points, yeah. When it came down to it, when our, in our debugging sessions, you'd call us crazy for what we what we were doing in our UI because it looked like something out of a three D program. <laughs> if you if if anyone's interested, you can look at uh, our Twitter's um, our Twitter profiles. They, we have some clips <laughs> of some of that insanity going on in our uh, in our coding sessions.
0: You you recorded the coding session so we can actually watch,
1: and, and just just the like the UI us deep like you know just rendering some uh, debug uh, boxes, some um, hidden internal uh, internally computed boxes and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I, I also find it so this was done from your work from with Codesty, but it's underneath hyper designed, right? So is it that you guys are working together on as another? entity or what, what's how come hyper design as, as opposed to codelessly
1: so box transform is separate uh, sorry um Virgil and i wrote this outside of our company so we had no influence from codelessly um even not, not, none of the code we used is even from like everything is completely separate we wrote that thing from scratch and we wrote it together outside of the company so that's why, and we needed to publish it under some name. So we thought, okay, let's make a team name. Just you know, just it's nothing form or like super, super like formal. It's more just to have a title. It's basically whenever Berju and I, maybe others, if anyone's interested, uh, we we have some very specific project we want to work on together. We just put it under Hyper Design. It's it's um. It's mainly for open source projects. It's nothing,
0: you know, nothing specific like that. Okay, that makes more sense now. Yeah, I mean, what what else are we missing? Um, I mean, it sounds like a lot of stuff already. You're uh, about the handles, the um, the clamping, the flipping. What else uh, are some good features from from the
2: box? Uh, Yeah, I was thinking of talking about the resize mode callback uh, since it is quite important on controlling how the resize mode works. Uh, So yeah, uh, we support four kinds of resizing modes, but they might not always what you want. Yes, it gives you a lot of features, but what if you wanted to just have a simple box and very limited uh, or simple resizing? You don't want to support like uh, scaling or symmetricity or anything, just a free form resizing. So we had to implement a way that allows user to control this. So what what we do is we we, we expose a, a callback which you can uh, pass to the to the widget. That callback decides when to switch this resizing modes. For example, by default, if you don't pass anything, if you hold down your Shift key, it's gonna go to scaling mode, and if you hold down your Alt key or op- Option key, it's gonna go to uh, symmet- symmetric resizing but what if you you wanted uh, the the scaling mode to be default when you don't hold any keys right and you want to toggle the behavior actually so if you hold the shift key it should do free resizing so mm-hmm. you you could do that uh, with that callback since we have to like listen for this keyboard events and stuff and it might involve involve focus system so we made it a bit explicit to, to the user so the user can can have you know total control on different kind of resizing and when those kind of resizing gets triggered. And we also have uh, widgets. So for example, uh, we have these handles that you you drag to resize the box, right? So there are corner handles and side handles. So we, we provide some default implementations of those handles. So you could have like corner handles and rounded handles, square handles. So you could just, you know get started with those handles you don't have to like write your own widget or anything but if you ever needed to you could like override those builders and provide your or provide your own handles they also support uh alignment so you could like move your handles inside your content box or you could move them outside as well so it's totally flexible totally in control of user while keeping it that way we also provide some default behavior and default widgets to get get the user started
1: Customization was actually a massive uh, push to how we wrote the Flutter part. Uh, our customization was like the number one priority for us, um, and we that and accessibility. So we I, we made sure that the widget works perfectly for touch screens, and it works perfectly for um, for styluses, Apple Pencils, and stuff like that. And, and it works well for iPad. Uh, we, I made, uh, sorry, we made sure that the corners, for example, and the handles have a tap region, uh, so sort of like how material design has a splash radius or sorry, not splash radius, uh, a touch radius. So you don't have to put your, your cursor directly intersecting with the pixels of the corner to resize it, There's a little bit of leeway for accessibility. And on top of that, every single part is uh, configurable. You can even hide some handles while showing others. You can show some handles and disable others. We made sure that every single part is as configurable as possible and as easily as possible. We even have an internal, uh, sorry, not internal, we even have an, a- an angular corner handles for crop overlays by the, like we provided by the fo- default implementation of that because we know that that's one of the most common um features that people would want to use the package for for cropping uh and other than design so the default handles are like circular but if you want um if you want crop or crop handles we kind of made it for you if you want you can use your own you can make your own with uh, corners or drag handles but we knew that was the case so we added it anyways <laughs> so
0: it's right there for you i don't know do you, do you guys feel like now you're I don't know how, how to call it, total experts on, on uh, making boxes and and things like that. Because this is since a lot of effort you guys put into this. We didn't expect it to be. i Am I going to be honest with you?
2: <laughs> it was quite the no, rabbit just hole. just started with a simple resizing. And then we, we, th- we thought that this doesn't feel natural. We are missing something, what we are missing. And we took inspiration. We, we checked other editors, why they feel so much natural and then we uh, we you know we kept adding features, and then we had some features that we wanted, but no no other editor had, and that's how uh, Box Transform is right now. It comprises all these features which you can use in very simple paint or uh, you know, draw, drawing a kind of canvas, or in complex layout building and stuff as well.
0: well. Well, what's actually coming to my mind is I'm kind of curious about... Uh, where do you learn how to do all these things right I don't even know what you even google search for um, I mean what 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 was your your resources I mean obviously um, what would you call it the experience resource like you said was a lot it sounds like figma maybe a couple other editing programs but um, where do you get the implementation uh, resource information like how this stuff actually works? So
1: we had to write it. We write resizable boxes like three times in Codelessly. So I'd say we gathered a fair bit of experience by implementing it in three different ways. And we, we noticed like, okay, we can do this better, we can do that one better, we can do the, the third one in this other way. And we kind of started with some base in Box Transform. And it just kept going and going and going and inter- iterating over iteration over iteration. Line intersection wasn't even a thing until we until like the, the three months ago maybe. We kept working on that part for like over three months. So yeah, the inspiration was from other editors. The mechanics desired, like constraints, came from Codelessly. The experience came from Codelessly.
0: Okay, I, I was curious if there was. You know, maybe you went to Khan Academy to learn some special math that kind of understand how this stuff works. Because it sounds like there's a lot of, I don't know, spatial math. I don't know. I forgot what that's actually called in, in math, right? There's a lot of different uh, math involved. You have to think about.
1: So it was more like Eureka moments. <laughs> uh, for, I, I remember Virgil and I were, I, I, for, I think we had Codelessly Open or Figma. I, I don't remember. We were analyzing it. And we had like screenshots of the exact behavior we wanted, like how the cursor should move from A to B and what the expected box would be. And we it was specifically with scaling, uh, a scaling compounded with clamping rect. So the scaling, when you hit a, a, an edge on a clamping rect, it should stop the whole operation, which is not as easy as it sounds. It is not as easy as it sounds. I, no one's going to believe me until they read the code. Uh, so we were analyzing the images we were, we were playing around in. And there were eureka moments, like we kept, we kept looking at the screenshots in the editor for like a solid 30 minutes, maybe an hour, trying to figure out the proper math to, to do this. And at some point, I was like, this, I think if you imagine this line going from this point to this point and its intersection with this edge, that's our stopping uh, point. I, I I was like, I think, it looks like, it might be. And we kept like analyzing, going back and forth, and like, yes, this is correct. Yeah, I think that's right. And let's try some code and r- look up some line intersection math because, again, that's shockingly more complicated than it <laughs> sounds. Um, and just we again, it was literally just iteration, eureka moments, inspiration. It it was just like that the whole time.
2: We we also ended up writing a. Uh, uh... A stream inside the core package because we wanted to visualize some parts. For example, we were calculating effective area and clamp, max clamping racks and stuff to like determine how big or small our box can be. But there was no way for us to make sure that those calculations were correct, and our API API at that moment wasn't that flexible so that we could you know pass all this debug information back to the Flutter UI because this was a pure Dart package initially so we ended up ended uh, ended up writing just a simple stream that throws out this metadata to the ui and then we render some ui uh, on that data and can visualize what our calculations are are doing and then we made some decisions based on that that we need to change this specific part uh, part of our, our our code to fix this issue and you know make it more flexible and stuff
0: okay so it sounds like a lot of trial and error to make this thing work and that's that's definitely another format to do
2: Definitely
1: trial and error. There was no way to predict where we were headed with it. Every time we made a feature, there was no way to predict its outcome. Impossible because in the end, the Dart package is working with raw numbers. We had to implement, uh, so size, the size class and the rect class, they all come from Flutter, but this is a pure Dart package. So we had to implement our own versions of those called dimension and box. I think was it box.
2: Box, yeah, because we couldn't use a rec. It might may conflict with Flutter because the keyword's taken,
1: and we had to have a whole class just to uh, translate the Dart classes to Flutter classes and back and forth
2: there was a whole translation the user don't have to like deal with our our packages if they are like using this for flutter they can just use flutter classes but if you need a pure dart version and you want to like offload this to some other threads or something you you should be able to do that as well
1: there were several motivations behind separating making two packages one for pure dart and one that just uses it for flutter um it was mainly so that if you wanted to, you can move the entire resize computation to an isolate. Even it's not heavy, the computation is not heavy. However, if you desired it for some reason, that option is perfectly available. And servers. So if for exa- uh, if for some reason you wanna uh, send your resize operation, you wanna make sure that your server validates the whatever the client's doing to resizing boxes in some legal with some legal values. You, that's entirely possible. So we made sure to do that,
2: and if maybe if if you don't wanna use the widgets that we provide, and you have seen some advanced use cases, uh, in those cases you can just use the pure Dart package and you know have the algorithm at, at your disposal.
0: So then the Flutter the Flutter one is is probably relying upon Box Transform, right? One hundred percent Box Transform is, Okay, and it Makes was
1: sense. it was one of the major. It is pretty much the reason for. Ha- for a lot of api decisions because like midway through we transitioned to a complete controller uh api uh and we tried to align it as much as possible with flutter's uh etiquettes if you uh, i guess yeah et- etiquette is, a, is the right word everything is v- i think we have pretty much perfect documentation on everything uh everything is very well documented and written in a in very specific API friendly ways so that anyone can look at it and they can almost see flutter code flutter's own code
0: okay yeah i mean this package is definitely interesting and i can imagine with how flutter is going around it we do we will be seeing more and more kind of editor based you know like figma design kind of things and uh Obviously, we will see that with code to someday um, so I can imagine, the, yeah, this package would be quite useful. And like I said, it's going to be an underappreciated package for all the effort put into it. Right. Most likely. <laughs> are, are you that's kind of like the the life of a, of a quote unquote hero, right? It's like when things are, you know, all the effort that's put into these simple, you know, what looks like simple things um kind of gets underappreciated and are you, are you okay with that or, or 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 uh i don't know what else to say what else can you do i mean you, you kind of just have to accept that okay i know what i put in was was a lot of effort and uh, i'm happy that it makes people's lives easier even though they don't understand all the complex involved behind it
1: well that's how you know it. you did a good job isn't it
0: <laughs> when no one when no one really
1: uh, sees it It's how you, when it gets hidden behind, like for users, they don't notice it. That's how you know you did a perfect job. And the best we can do is pretty much just talk about it. No, one's gonna really understand how complicated it is unless we talk about it, right? Um, uh, We wrote a Medium article uh, detailing how to make Figma's exact resize UI. So if you wanna mimic Figma's exact mechanics and look and feel, Uh, You can follow the blog post um, to see how that's done. And that kind of, it gives you strong hints about how complicated things got, not from the packages, not not from like making it side, but internally what's going on, basically the internal mechanics, you kind of get a hint that things
0: are a little more complicated than they're meant to be. Yeah. I definitely can imagine. We reached the end of our time together. Uh, I mean, is there kind of one last or maybe a couple less things you want to say about Flutterbox Transform, or maybe looking for some more people to come try it out, or or let people know why maybe they should use it. Like, what's the what kinds of
2: of problems would this be solving? Who would want to actually take a look at it? So whether you are writing a very simple resizing, it could be for say cropping, could be for like rearranging something elements in your canvas or playground and stuff, or you're writing complex uh, layouts and complex editors, box transform can help you save a lot of time because it it contains mostly like, I would say 99% of the things you would need for resizing, constraint, clamping, you name it. And you can just focus on your core features and everything. So it should boost the development time for them. Definitely.
1: Yeah, like resizing boxes are such a common feature when you develop. You you probably you there's a very strong chance you might have written one before. Or you you might write one soon. If you if you plan on doing that, Flutterbox Transform is pretty much the package to use, at least for now. <laughs> um, it is we made it sound. We it is very complicated internally, but it's dead simple to use. It is we made sure that it is so so easy to use. Everything is right there out of the box. Everything is configured exactly the way you expect them to. And you can config- configure every part of the way very, very easily. We made sure it's as easy to use as possible. No, so like Berger said, no matter what the use case is, if you have a very simple thing to resize, if you just have a resizable panel, if you just want to have a simple thing, I don't know, you can use it. You can use it per- and it'll work perfectly. No compromises, and it's just not not what features you might need. It's every feature you will want. <laughs> we made sure to cover every single thing. <laughs> if there is a feature we never covered, please feel free to join our Discord and send us a message.
0: Well, how can I actually find the Discord? Is it is it on uh, pub.dev on the Flutterbox
2: transform?
1: It's in our pub pages, and it's
2: also on uh, our website of uh, hyperdesign.dev.
0: Yeah. Okay cool well again thank you guys for for coming on uh i can the reason i brought you on because it's i mean the, the the package has a lot to it and i know there's a lot underneath the hood involved in it so i wanted to kind of get get this package some recognition because uh yeah I, like you said i'm sure there's many people who probably need at least some features on here but they don't know about this package so I should definitely take a, take a look at it
1: thank you for having us on
0: yeah, it was great. And thank you for coming on.